0: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Indian Runner podcast. My name is Josh Puccinelli. The following is a conversation I facilitated between Coach Toothman of South Knox, Coach Stevenson of Wapahani, Coach Bruner of Oak Hill, and Coach Evans of Wabash. We cover their background in running and coaching, their coaching philosophy and lessons learned from their many years of coaching, and spend most of our time unpacking a bunch of topics surrounding coaching from a small school. I didn't know what to expect heading into this conversation, but it far exceeded my expectations. I found it to be a very important and timely conversation. These four men have been able to build successful traditions at their respective schools and had a lot of wisdom to bring to this conversation. I hope you all enjoy this episode and that it produced further healthy dialogue around these topics. And without further ado, I give you Coach Toothman, Coach Stevenson, Coach Bruner, and Coach Evans. all right welcome to the indiana runner podcast interview number 11 Uh, got a bunch of coaches on this time and so um, i'll do the my intro my opening tier talk and then if you guys want to do your tier talk which is going to be best sandwich chain so you'll name your top three Um, and then if you want to say it like your name obviously what school you coach for um, then we can go from there so i'll start number three for me is potbelly number two is penn station and i like only get the pizza sub there it's my go-to love penn station the number one i would say if i like had to have one last meal uh, and it would be a sub i think it would be the penn station pizza sub but my number one is subway just because it's it's all reliable you know it's been around been around forever um so yeah those are my top three who would like to go next
1: I'll start us off. Um, thanks for having us on, Josh. Uh, I I was worried a little bit. I thought you were asking me to rank those three, and two of those I never had before: Penn Station and Potbelly. So I guess I gotta get go a Grant County a little bit more. So <laughs> uh, Subway, I got no problems with Subway. That'd probably be in the top three for me. But I think as coaches, we probably spend a lot of too much time eating Subway during the season. So uh, I'm an uncrustable guy. You know, peanut butter and jelly wherever I can get that at. Uh, that'll do the trick. <laughs> So Subway maybe one, two, and three for me. That's about the only restaurant we have close to Oak Hill. So um, I'm Coach Brunner. Uh, this is my 19th year coaching boys and girls cross country and boys and girls track at Oak Hill. And like I said, uh, definitely an honor and privilege to be on here. appreciate it.
2: I'll go. Um, I'm Ryan Evans. I coach uh, Wabash High School boys. It's my eighth year. Um, if I were to rank, I haven't been to a lot of places, but I think subway I'd pick is three. Um, I'm giving give some love to Jimmy Johns. I don't have it very often, but it's uh, it's good when I do. I haven't had a bad sandwich from there. And then number one, i'm gonna I'm gonna go Penn Station. I don't have it very often either, but it's it's excellent every time
3: of it i'm uh, matt toothman i'm from south knox uh, in vincennes indiana uh, this is my 14th year coaching cross country for the spartans um i coached i was the head track coach for about 10 years and the assistant coach for about the past four years of track uh, and i've never heard of potbelly so i just <laughs> up, okay but i'm a bacon guy you know i'm, I'm a wendy's guy baconator son of a baconator maybe and then, <laughs> Then I go Arby's, you know, beef and cheddar classic, which is good. And then I'll take Subway. I guess as my third. So, uh, <laughs> uh, what 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 is Potbelly? It's a uh, is that local?
0: Uh, it's a chain. Um, oh. There's not a ton of them, but yeah, it's it's just like a, a sub place. Right. It's pretty good. Nothing okay. worth a try.
4: All right. <laughs> All right. I guess I'm uh, I'm what's left. Uh, I'm Bo Stevenson, uh, head coach of Wapahani. Um, I've been the boys' coach for nine years now. Um, this was my first year as girls' coach this year as well. So, you know, I'm ready to go into on how that all went. As for uh, the tear talk here, um, I'm with everyone else. I've never even heard of Pop Billy, so <laughs> you know, I guess we'll have to, I'll have to hunt one out here. Um, my top three would be a uh, Penn Station. Kind of got a soft spot for that ever since my college days at IU. um, They had one just off campus. That was kind of my guilty pleasure between classes sometimes. Subway would be number two. They're, uh, you know, kind of the the easy everywhere subway place where you always get a good sandwich at. Um, And then my number one would be Jimmy John's. Um, Shout out to the Lulu sandwich. Um, Could probably eat one of those every day. So, yep, (laughs) Jimmy John's number one.
0: Awesome. Those are some good lists. Coach Toothman, I don't know if those were all subs, but we'll take it.
3: <laughs> no, you can buy-buy <laughs> subs at Arby's or uh, Wendy's, but, you know. That's go. true, that's true. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Cool. Uh, so yeah. we're going to start off with you guys' backgrounds. Um, whoever can start, whoever wants to take it away. But want to answer, I guess, a couple questions. First, with your running background, do you guys – have a running background. Did you grow up running? Did you play other sports? Did you run high school, college, et cetera? And then your coaching background. How'd you get your start in coaching? How'd you end up where you are now? Did you always know you wanted to coach, Um, et cetera? So whoever wants to to take it away.
4: Uh, I'll go ahead and go first here. Um, So running background, um, I'm the son of a coach. Uh, my dad, he's coached varsity cross country for over 30 years now, um, still coaches. He's at Anderson prep, uh, currently. Um, so, you know, I, I've been in the running game for as long as I can remember, you know, leaving elementary school and walking over to his practices and everything else and being involved with high school cross country, you know, just from the beginning of my schooling days, um. I went to a small school, um, Randolph Southern, probably one of the 20 smallest public schools in the state right now. Um, about half the size of Wapahani that I'm at now, and you know Wapahani is a pretty small school. So, you know, I've just always been around the small school running game, and uh, been involved in running for as long as I can remember. Remember, as far as that goes, um, coaching wise. Um, as soon as I graduated high school, I uh, coached the middle school team when my dad coached the varsity school team um, over there at Southern. Um, that was a time where there were some pretty good teams running over there, especially for as small as they are. Um, so, you know, in terms of my running background and running history, um, my coaching background is probably more extensive than my actual running background. Um, you know, I'll I'll be honest with that at this point in my life, but but yeah, um, definitely been around running a lot, um, you know, for a long, long time now.
2: I can go next. Um, I'm originally from South Bend. I went to fairly large high school, at least at the time before enrollment started to drop. Um I had run up to that point until I got to high school. And I did cross country. Um, was okay but i really did like track a lot and um started off 800 ish but then i got older um i started gravitating more towards the 400 and the 200 and that's um what i primarily specialized in and then i went to college at manchester ran there um, and was just in track, didn't do any cross country, um, but still liked to run. Um, then after high school or after college, um, I, I still run, run some, but obviously not as much as before. Um, and then started coaching. Um, actually when I was a student teacher at uh, Manchester high school, which is right in North Manchester, I started coaching or volunteer coaching at their middle school and then right after I graduated I started teaching at Wabash and then I started coaching middle school there and then eventually moved up to high school.
3: Um, I, uh, I'm i actually I grew up in Till City, Indiana. I'm a, I'm a Tell City marksman uh, by birth and then I, I basically ran in Track in middle school. We didn't have cross country in middle school. I, and I played football in middle school. I was going to be a football player, <laughs> you know. And then nobody wants a 120-pound football player soaking wet. So, uh, <laughs> and then my sophomore year, I ran cross country and I ran track all four years in high school. I ran cross country three years. Uh, after that, I uh, went to Oklahoma City for a year and ran cross country there. And then I transferred to University of Southern Indiana with Coach Mike Hilliard and ran there for the rest of my college career. Uh, I student taught at Mount Vernon, Indiana, Southern Indiana, Posey County, where I uh, helped coach the middle school track team there. And I got a job at South Knox. And then South Knox had a, a legendary coach, Bob Swank, that was coaching for almost 75 years. And then whenever he gave it up, uh, the superintendent asked me if I wanted to coach cross country. And I said, yes. And I really never thought I'd be a cross country coach until uh, Brad Case, our superintendent, is like, Matt, you want to coach cross country? And I'm like, does anybody else want to do it? I can be an assistant, <laughs> you know. Just, uh, and it's like, nope, you're the guy. And I'm like, oh, okay. So 14 years later, here I am. <laughs> but uh, I, I ran at Tell City, and uh, you know, I I won a couple regionals, and I went to the state finals uh, my junior year, and uh, I won a couple sectionals in track. And uh, since since uh, college, I've ran a couple marathons, uh, the Washington D.C. Marine Corps Marathon. There's like 40,000 people there. Oprah Winfrey beat me in the Marine Corps Marathon one time. Uh, I got passed by Oprah. She was fast. And then uh, ran the Columbus, Ohio Marathon one time, and it uh, was a good time. I lost two toenails. Uh, but other than that, I have been. I ride a bike with my team now instead of running with them because I'm getting old and fat, and they're, uh, they're a lot faster than I am anymore. So that's where I'm at in my running career. <laughs> so that's where I'm at.
1: Um. Uh, yeah, I kind of got my start um, probably pretty slow. I, I did multiple sports growing up. I'm from, originally from Marion, Indiana. Uh, my dad's a sports broadcaster, so I kind of got drugged around to, to everything and basketball, football, soccer, baseball. Those are the big ones for me, and I just kind of out of dumb luck, I think we had a fourth grade uh, all school-wide mile that I won. And I won it by a large enough margin that they asked me if I cheated. I remember that as a fourth <laughs> grader, kind of being taken back. But um, so I, you know, I'd had some success as a little kid, but really in junior high, I played all the other sports. And my dad actually paid me to start running, um, just because his buddy was the coach and he needed numbers. And so my next big step was I, I had intentions of playing the big three sports in high school, but I, you know, to be honest, my motivation was a letter jacket. And I wanted my letter jacket as soon as I possibly could, and I wanted patches on my jacket. And the quickest way for me to do that at that point was to to run cross country and track. So uh, I had some, you know, a great high school coach in Terry Lakes, and had some success uh, as a freshman. That kind of snowballed. Uh, was able to go to a handful of state finals in cross country and track, and uh, was lucky enough to to get a scholarship to Auburn. Uh, ran there for a year and a half, uh, probably overshot. Definitely should have gone somewhere smaller, um, but being a sports fan, you know, it was cool to go to Auburn and go to football games and the recruiting trip is everything you could imagine it was. So got my butt kicked in the SEC big time. Cause I, if I'm being honest, I just didn't work hard. I just was a kid that was really talented in high school and kind of got by with being a good athlete and got to cut corners. And then all of a sudden I chose a college that you can't do that. And eating Chef Boyardee and cereal for meals, isn't going to cut it. So for some reason, I thought, you know what, IU will be easier. So I transferred to IU to run um, and just, you know, had too much of a good time at IU and never really got involved. Uh, Enjoyed being a college student for a couple of years, missed running and called up Coach Lakes because I knew I couldn't run anymore competitively and kind of said, hey, I'd love to teach I kind of decided that's the avenue I was going to go, and I'd like to be a coach. And he told me, you need to call Coach Worthen at Bloomington North and Coach Williams at Bloomington South. And so I called both those guys. Uh, They both got back with me, but Charlie Worthen called me back first and uh, took me on as an assistant. So my last two years of college, I was Coach Worthen's shadow. Uh, If he blinked, I blinked twice. I took notes on everything the man said and did because I thought, you know, this is a Hall of Fame coach who's won a state championship, um, you know, he knows what's going on and, and I just wanted to, you know, be honest, stay there. I, I might have every intention, my wife and I of staying in Bloomington. We loved it down there. Um, I was kind of naive enough to think that Charlie was going to retire and that's 19 years ago. He's still coaching and kicking my butt. So I'm glad that we made that decision, but I was also coaching basketball at the time at a junior high and Oak Hill is, you know, 10, 15 minutes away from Marion uh, and they had an opening for cross country track and basketball. And so I dragged my wife back and, um, you know, been coaching there 19 years. So I coached basketball for 15 years as the varsity assistant, uh, been the head cross country coach the whole time. I was the boys varsity track coach for a season and then became the, the head coach. And then I got the girls head track job in 2013, I believe. So I uh, have the head position, all those have a lot of alumni back helping us. Um, you know, I I used to run a lot more during the summers because that was easier. Uh, but as Coach Toothman said, maybe it's a Southern Indiana thing. Coach Worthen always rode a bike, and I kind of got I kind of got on that path. I uh, haven't done it as much. Uh, tracks is too hard. I feel like to run with the kids. We've got too many bodies out, and it's it's too hard to to police them all and babysit them. So that's kind of where I got what I where I'm at. You know, luckily I won a fourth grade mile, and they accused me of cheating, and here I am <laughs> as a head coach.
0: Uh, that's a great story um cool I want to dive a little bit deeper into your guys's coaching um so I guess my first question would be how have you guys evolved over the years um what are some key lessons you learned along the way whether it be training culture leadership um yeah what what has changed as you guys have have coached through the years
1: I mean, I can start us if we just want to go in reverse order again. Um, you know, I think for me, the biggest thing is not that I was, not that I was winging it as an early coach, but I, I think I, I took the approach. I've always thought as a small school coach, you kind of had to be on one side of the fence. And again, it's just my opinion, but I kind of felt like you had to take an individual approach and you had to kind of coach your kids for individual success, or you had to take on that team element. And I kind of immediately fell just with the kids that I had that I inherited um, back in 04 and 05, we kind of fell on that team side. And so I think we're, we're, we are a, a low mileage program, but we were a really, really low mileage program when I first started coaching. And I look back now at some of the kids that we had that had success. I think of a Cameron Balser, you know, went to state seven times and was an Indiana all-star and just a freak of nature. I mean, we were doing that off of 25, 30 miles a week, if that, And and I think it wasn't until... You know, midway through my, I was always so worried about hurting kids and not having a team and having athletes miss meets that I was always like, well, the team has to come first. Um, and it was kind of when I had some athletes that came around that really were challenging me to say, hey, I want more, uh, you know, Margo Hornick or somebody that came to mind that just wasn't, was no longer just content with going to the state meet and being an also ran, you know, kind of the small school cliche of we were just happy to be there. Um, and so we had a conversation after her junior season about, you know, what's the next step? How do I become these girls that I see on the podium? And so, you know, I think I in talking to you before this, Josh, I mentioned I'm not necessarily a big book guy, but I've always been kind of a direct question guy. And I've gone to the coaches that I look up to that I think have had great success. And I'm just willing to ask them flat out. What are you doing? How are you doing it? Um, you know, I'm lucky to have coach Foss at Indiana Westland, in our backyard, and I really picked a lot of people's brains and we upped our mileage. I'm still in a position where I feel like we're still pretty low compared to maybe some bigger schools. Uh, but I think that's the biggest step for us. I think from the outside looking at it, it might just be that we take our training more serious, um, maybe on a, on a bigger school, especially on our girls side. I think that's why you can see the trajectory of our girls program has kind of taken off over the last 10 years, but, um, You know, maybe being less afraid to push the kids and more understanding that if you really want to be at that level on a yearly basis, um, that you have to be doing the work. And if if you unfortunately don't have the body, and we had that this year, our number four boy missed the entire season with an injury because we got after too much in the summer and and you've got to adjust and you've got to have people step up. And sometimes that doesn't happen. Um, But, you know, it doesn't stop you from working hard.
3: <clears throat> you know one of the ways i've since like when i first started out coaching i was like you got to do this you got to do this you got to do this you can't miss a, you can't miss a session you can't miss a workout you can't miss a run you can't miss a long run you can't miss a core session you know you can't miss a speed workout so over the years i've learned a lot of patience you know and it's not the end of the world if you miss a day or two you know because because athletes recover pretty quickly and like like coach bruner said you know I became less afraid to push kids also you know over time i figured out you know we're a low mileage program as well and over time you know i i kids can handle a lot you know and you, you start pushing kids more and more and more and then you get more and more success for, for the kids so that's another that's another way i've evolved as a coach besides patience and just learning how to push the right buttons on kids also you know be organized have no unknowns you know make kids as less stressful as possible you know have them to go to practice and all they got to do is show up and work you know no unknowns Um, just be structured and be organized and then you know i was afraid to do a little barking in my younger days You know, i was afraid to get on a kid like hey you know move it a little bit you know let's go but every now and then you got to do a little barking so you know maybe demand more out of the kids because kids can kids can perform you know they'll give you more than what you ever know i think So that's, that's the way I've evolved since my first couple of years to my 13th, 14th year right now is just patience, push kids a little bit more, you know, because they want to be pushed. They do. And, um, and then who knows what they can do. So that's over the last 14 years. And you gotta have, you gotta bring enthusiasm. I always have enthusiasm with kids. Kids love, kids love enthusiasm. Nothing ever great was achieved without enthusiasm.
2: When I first started, we had decent kids. I had coached in the middle school and moved up to the high school and I knew their potential. So I I think I was kind of the opposite of what some of you guys were saying. I was so oriented on the results. Like we have to win this. We should be winning this. We should be winning this. And if we didn't and I'd get on them and I felt like I put too much pressure on them to where if they knew they didn't have a good race, they felt bad, but they also knew that, you know, oh, coach is going to be mad or he's not, he's going to say something. And after a couple of years, I'm like, man, this they're, they're wound up way too tight. And we came up with this thing or kind of in talking to the kids, like, we need to pay more attention to just getting better and the process of getting better. It's like, you're going to have bad races, but if you can look yourself in the mirror and say, hey, we're doing everything we can to get better. We're eating right. We're getting rest. We're drinking water. We're doing all the workouts to the best of our ability. And if we have a bad race, we have a bad race. And there's nothing wrong with saying that as long as you're doing what you need to do to be in the trajectory to get better. And ever since then, it's been much easier um, on myself and on them, I think. Mm
4: -hmm. Okay. So as far as like, you know, adjustments I've made or how I've evolved, you know, since I took over at Wapahani, um, you know, from a training aspect, you know, I would say the number one emphasis has been, you know, us adding a speed element more and more as the years go along um, to our training. Uh, Like some of the rest of you guys said, we're, we're a pretty low mileage program overall to my my guess is most small schools in the state um that's that's where they are um you know in terms of low mileage compared to some of these big mega schools um but you know we've put an extra emphasis on speed work um especially track work um as years go on it seems like kids respond well um to that here um the more and more you know we do it i'm finding out here so that's that's one big evolution we've made in terms of not necessarily adding miles to kids in their off-season training, especially, but just adding some intensity and some more, you know, more speed-inducive workouts here, too. Um, in terms of culture, you know, I'm, I'm learning as years go on, the more ownership that, you know, we, we put on our kids, the the better it is for the kids in the long run. Um, you know, they, they they take that in stride. Um, and so, you know, more and more even like basic practice stuff, um, giving the kids more of a leadership role in things, whether it's their warm up, their stretch, um, letting them lead certain workouts, you know, end of workout core, whatever it is, um, whatever that they can lead that a coach isn't seems to be good in the long run in terms of kind of building that, you know, upperclassmen leadership uh, from the team component here and also you know letting them just have ownership on their season because ultimately that's what it is you know we get to these big meets and you know we're we're cheerleaders at the end of the day you know when that gun goes off it's it's up to them Uh, we're not calling timeouts or anything uh, making adjustments while it's going on it's it's all on them and you know the more ownership we can give them through the training, you know, part of it here um, seems to be in the best interest of them when it comes to kind of, you know, racing time come championship season. So those are just a few of the, you know, adjustments I've made here as, you know, i have getting into it here through these years.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, could you guys, sh- you can share as much or as little as you'd like with this, and you've touched on it a little bit already in your last answer, but um maybe just give like a brief overview of your coaching philosophy maybe in two ways one um with your training like some maybe some key workouts like your mileage different things like that and again as much as you want to share um and then also the culture uh what have some things that you've implemented on the culture side of things that really allowed your your programs to to flourish
4: okay um I can go ahead and go first again this is coach stevenson by the way if people struggle with the audios with everyone here um (laughs) again but you know at wapahani um well i'll just stay with the boys side on this side here um mileage wise most of our main guys they you know we top out 35 to um 40 miles a week that's that's kind of where we are that's kind of where I'm comfortable with in terms of keeping everyone healthy. Usually, you know, we're, we're not very deep. If we have five, we're ecstatic. If we, we have seven, you know, good guys on a given year, we're we're through the moon um, with with about things. So, you know, 35 to 40, that's, you know, who, you know, where we're at the majority of the time. Now, if we happen to get a kid that can break 16 and that sort of thing, then they're they're doing a little more um, obviously here. Um, but that's kind of our general mileage. Um, in terms of workouts, you know, I just touched. You know, we, we hit a lot of speed, um, especially during track season. is is probably where we we hone in on the majority of our speed with our distance runners here. Um, you know, for for track, you know, from January to April, um, we're we're pretty much training all our distance kids for the eight hundred. So, you know, they're getting a lot of 400 reps, you know, and, you know, general track meets here. Um, They're doing a lot of workouts geared towards dropping their 800 time, just trying to help out with that leg speed and things like that. Um, That helps us, you know, one, as a small school to extend our events a little bit, um, because for us to be competitive, our cross guys pretty much got to be good from the 400 to 3200 for us to be, you know, competitive in track. And, you know, sometimes we even got to be a little more than that with our cross guys, too. So so that helps us out there. And then, you know, we we hope that translates in the cross country season where that that leg speed can kind of, you know, help us, you know, compete with some of these kind of big boy schools that we, you know, run throughout the year, too. So that's just kind of some general, uh, you know, training, you know, stuff that we do to kind of help us out the best the best we see fit.
3: You know, at South Knox, we uh, we're not a high mileage program either. We'll we'll have maybe four to six guys hitting 38 to 48 miles. We, we very rarely do we have a kid hitting 50. Uh, we basically do the, the four traditional phases of running. We'll we'll go through the base phase all June and July, and just putting in putting in mileage a little bit. You know, then a strength phase, and we'll do we'll do a lot of fart looks at the beginning of the the year or the season, and then after we get a couple 5Ks underneath our belt, we'll. Uh, We'll, so we'll know where everybody's at, you know, for 5k time. And then we'll start throwing in some intervals there of thousands or, or 1200s or uh, stuff like that. But uh, then we'll go into the taper phase towards the end of the season, towards conference sectional regional time. We, we want to try to run our best at regionals and, you know, we're not a high mileage program, but every now and then, like you said, if you got a 16 minute guy, you know, they want to be a little bit more mileage. I'm okay with that. I sometimes let kids take ownership of their training as far as, but not too much, but I don't want, because, you know, the margin for error at a small school is, is little, you know, because you're like, you're one, you're one injury away from having a great season or a good season, you know, at a small school, because it's not like next man up because you don't have that next man in a small school. You know, you may have uh, seven or eight guys, but the depth, the depth sometimes isn't, isn't there at a small school. But uh, as far as mileage though, we're, we're between 38 and 48 and our, our younger guys are about, 30 to 35 and uh we like hitting fartleks early in the season and and then it's going from there
2: <clears throat> that we're pretty similar as far as um as mileage goes um but I, what i like to do um during the summer which I, I don't know how common this is amongst other smaller schools but like coach stevenson said um we like to train speed as well um and I like to train the speed and aerobic capacity simultaneously, like not the same workouts, but like progress them simultaneously. So by the end of the season, we're at top leg speed and top aerobic capacity. Um, Cause I feel like you got, if you don't train it, then like and you won't lose it, but like, you won't, you won't be able to access it as, as quick, I guess. So, um, We don't train a lot of speed during the summer, but we do some maybe once a week or so um, with some smaller interval stuff. Um, What I started to do as well, um, I take their 3,200 track times and try to extrapolate that up to 5K and do smaller intervals at that pace because I I feel like anything less than 5K – Pace is speed work for 5k so like a 3200 pace would be speed work for 5k and then if you're really going fast for 5k or for speed work for a 5k 800 pace would be pretty fast would be pretty fast for a 5k so um, we like to mix that in on on some runs with like some fart licks and stuff like that like um, coach said Um, but yeah we try to progress I guess kind of simultaneously throughout the season along with strength stuff and and core stuff. Um, and as for culture, um, that's a big thing that we try to hit on, especially on a small school. Everybody knows everybody. You you have to have a cohesive team. When they toe the line, they got to know that the guy next to them is working just as hard as the other guy. And if they can all say that to each other, then you know that you're going to have a group of guys that are going to bust their butts for the other ones. Um, so our our captains on the team, they're kind of like the culture leaders of the team. Um, since freshmen, they've looked up to other captains and they hold the other guys accountable for what is and what isn't expected as far as team norms. So I rarely have problems because they're the ones that take more pride and ownership in the team than um, I mean, not say that I don't, but they're like really serious about wanting to have a good team that's cohesive and everyone's like you know family to each other.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no kill. I'd say we're we're probably a combination of all three of the things that the other coaches have talked about, especially Coach Toothman, in terms of how our mileage is kind of set up. Uh, you know, if our our upper level athletes will probably get into the 60s, if there's somebody that we feel like is a podium caliber athlete at some point. Um, You know, I I think for us, the mileage progression is more about days. Um, I think most of our kids throughout the year on a five-day plan, probably a six once we start racing. And I kind of tell our kids, if you want to be at that next level, at least for the way that we have done things, it's when we add that seventh day. Um, But I think so much of that becomes about trust and you kind of have to get to buy in that, you're going to trust them to go out on those Sundays and get those runs in. And, and, and I've had very few athletes that have done that. And I give our kids at the end of the year a questionnaire about, hey, what are things you want to change? What do you want to do? And I we kind of laughed this year. How many of them? We had two kids, uh, two boys this year that went from, you know, just breaking 17 maybe once last year to running 1620s a lot this year. Another kid who I think maybe ran low 18s that broke 17 this year. And they all want to be like, well, we want to do – we want you to make us do what those two did. And I'm like, I didn't make them do anything. Like those two kids came to me and said, how do we get better? How do we do what this person and that person did? And mm-hmm. it's, Hey, we got to add extra days. we got to spread out the mileage. And, you know, I try to sell them. If you get our Sunday run in, it makes the workouts and the week space out better. So, um, you know, that's kind of the big step for us is can you graduate from a five day to a six day, ultimately to a seven day. And, and can we trust you? And, and unfortunately, some athletes will say no you can't like I'm not going to get out there on a day off and get it in and that's kind of part of it but we do a lot of fart licks during the summer Um, we need to do more hills I say it every year I've said it for years and years and years but trying to find them around here is pretty difficult Um, we need to drive up to coach Evans's you know neck of the woods in Wabash and get some in but um we're we're k's i hate my i hated running repeat miles when i was an athlete i don't like watching kids or making kids do them now i think like thousand meters goes a lot better you know our big workout every year is kind of we do the michigan uh we do a lot of bookend stuff uh where we you know especially now that i've had coach Bellonati who ran for me uh was has the 8k course record in westland ran at Iwoo and purdue you know he talked about sometimes at the college level bringing that uh and i'm sure other people do at the high school we just had never done it i do a lot of workouts where maybe you're doing more controlled pace stuff early and then we're getting fast late and we kind of switched that up this year we we and last year in track especially for our four by eight guys who made it to state uh you know we'd hit those fast 200s out of the gate um and then come in and, and settle in the stuff after that and the kids seem to really enjoy it especially on the boys side so Uh, you know, we're similar in terms of the mileage. And like I said, the workouts, uh, I am kind of coming off and maybe my best way of saying this is we probably did too much speed when I was a younger coach, uh, we still do some speed stuff, but it's probably nowhere near what it used to be because we had some years where I could tell in the tournament, we had no legs left. Um, and so I feel like it's somewhat modified to a degree. Uh, it's kind of like Hills. I'd like to do more, um. But for what we've thrown against the wall and has stuck recently, uh, we're not doing as much fast stuff as we used to do. Um, you know, in terms of uh, the atmosphere and tradition of our program, you know, we do things like we go to the dunes every summer. Uh, we do destination runs during the summer. We'll go up to, uh, you know, like this summer, we went up to Huntington. We get on the semi-state courses. We try to get on the regional or sectional courses. Uh, we try to go places and make a day of it. Uh, we do Thursday theme runs like a lot of people do, as I'm sure these guys do. We do team dinners. Uh, we started practicing on Friday mornings. Uh, we have breakfast brought in. Um, you know, we just do all the things that we feel like, you know, again, would love to do more. Uh, but you also don't want a position like coaches. Some of the coaches have said you don't want to force it. They have to take a leadership role and they kind of have to want to do that. Um, and I think the big thing for us, and I know people probably get tired of seeing it. They've seen our hashtag if they follow me on social media, I think the biggest thing with our program is preaching that being uncommon, and trying to get our kids to understand that maybe what they're doing at a small school level is not the norm. Uh, the work they're putting in, the expectations that we have, meeting those expectations for so long, um, you know, getting to be a part of something like this, like that, is not the norm for most small schools, and getting our kids to understand that kind of take pride in that I think is the biggest piece is that even though, um, as we all sit here, we've all won and we've all had success. And I think what gets lost sometimes for our kids and for people at smaller schools outside of our program, it comes off as being easy. Um, you know, I challenged our kids. We've won, our boys have won 20 of 21 County championships and none of them were easy. Like there's not a meet that we went into and people didn't run hard and people didn't compete and people didn't train for. So I think for us, it's that taking pride and you are putting in the work. If you kick, if you kick somebody's butt, you kick somebody's butt. It doesn't mean it's any less value of anything else. And I think that's kind of where we've been. You have to be different than your classmates. You have to be different, unfortunately, than the people who get to compete in a class setting Um, because we don't have the luxury necessarily of, of not necessarily taking an easier path, but we don't have that. We, we're going to see the big dogs at some point, and you're going to have to be prepared for them. You know, I'll talk, you know, Coach Evans, you know, I think we tried everything we could this year with our schedule to be, to be prepared and be ready, and as I watched throughout the season, watching Wabash's schedule, I knew they were going to be more prepared than we were, just based on some of the places he took them and some of the meets they got into – And and so it's kind of one of those deals where it's, you've got to be prepared. You have to be different and just trying to get our kids to buy into that as much as you possibly can um, to be successful at the small school level. I feel like, especially over a long period of time.
0: Hmm. I love that. Um, When you guys think about your, your coaching careers, what's maybe one like high moment that sticks out one low moment that sticks out and then, when the times do get tough, what, what keeps you going as a coach?
1: Again, for O'Kill, you know, I think, you know, I've thought about this a lot. You, you do have a lot of highs and we've, I've been very, very lucky to have some of the athletes that we've had come through our program from state champions, the state runner-ups and all-stars and, and, you're very fortunate to have those kids. And I think sometimes I get lost even in the moment and you have to take a step back afterwards and realize that again, this is not normal. um, And it's not a guarantee and trying to get the kids to understand that. But, you know, in terms of a high, um, you know, if we're talking cross country, the 2005 team we had that went to state and got 10th. um, And then probably in boys track the 2000, I believe 19, I should know the year definitely. Uh, where we won the Fort Wayne Track Regional, and I think both of those were special for the fact that at the time nobody had done that in a really long time. And I think our 10th place finish was as good as anybody since Northfield in the 90s. We were around four at that time. We had about 440 kids in our school, and in the track regional, I think we were one of only like three 1A or 2A schools to ever win a track regional, and we had no, that was not on our radar at all. I know people have heard me say that it's we were literally packing up the bus and taking down the tent and we were leaving. And if it wouldn't have been for coach Yoder at Carroll, uh, congratulating me before the four by four, we probably wouldn't have been there to get the trophy. So uh, I just think that the surprise of that and how much went into that, those are the highs, those moments where I think so much of the highs and lows to me go back to opportunity, whether it's obtained or lost, because I feel like in a small school not taking anything away from the bigger schools and not saying that losing a state championship or losing on a tiebreaker doesn't hurt just as much as Hamilton Southeastern as it does at Oak Hill. But in my heart of hearts, I know that those opportunities are not coming for us every single year. Um, and, and as many championships as we've won and as many medals of our athletes have gotten, I can probably far more easier tell you about the regionals and the sectionals that we lost uh, two or three points because this happened or that happened. And it just makes you sick as a coach because you know that, you know, it could be decades until you have a chance to do that again. You know, with the new tournament alignment coming, we harped the door boys this year, man, you've got to get after Wabash because the sectional and regional might be the last time, no matter how good we get, we ever have a chance to win something like that again. So you know, the highs the highs and lows both for, for our program are, like I said, taking advantage of opportunities when we're there. I always tell the kids, opportunity's gonna knock at the door. And if you don't answer it, you can damn sure bet somebody else will. Uh, we gotta do everything we can to make sure that we beat that person to the doorknob, if you will. And I think that at times we have, and those are those high moments. And at times we have not. And that's when uh, you walk away you know, you're not sleeping at night because you know, hey, that may not happen again, and we, we gave up that opportunity, so. Uh,
3: for South Knox, some of the, listen, some of the highs and lows, like, like, like Coach Bruner said, you have to take advantage of this, you know, because you never know from a small school perspective when these opportunities might come along again. But, you know, in 14 years, we've won, we've won seven sectionals, and we've, we've lost a couple by two or three points here and there. Uh, we've won two regionals in uh, uh, 2013 and this year in 22. And like, you know, I was harping to my boys this year. This might be the last time that we have a chance to win regional with the new alignment that could be in the future, you know, coming up. Uh, you know, then we went to state in 2014 and we didn't win the regional in 2014. We won the sectional, got beaten the regional by a couple of points and came back and had a great semi-state and beat Evansville North, who beat us at regional the week before, and then we finished – uh, 21st estate, state, uh, you know, so, you know, you, you have a lot of highs throughout the season, you know, and very, very few times do you have some lows, unless they're like heartbreakers, you know, but sometimes teams always bounce back. But, uh, you know, one of the, I'm not I hate this word, but one of the lowest times for us was the, the COVID year, you know, how am I going to give my seniors a good season? You know, we're used to racing invites every Saturday, every Saturday, we go to a 20 team invite, you know, and then during COVID, we were just scrambling to find a four team meet or a, or a five team meeting. And I got a lot of friend, a lot of coaching buddies in certain Indiana that we were just like, all right, I'll come to your place, if you come to my place, you know, because we go from the South Knox invite that we host that has 25, 30 teams every year. We had six, you know, during COVID years. So it's like that was a pretty low time, you know, for everybody, not just for, for us, but, you know, how am I going to get my seniors? a good senior year uh, during that year and and we, and we and we did we had we had a season and we uh, went end up going to semi-state and uh, and that was that was low but yet it turned out to be really good so you know with the lows comes the highs and with the highs comes the lows you
2: know <clears throat> for me I it's hard to say all of the highs because I mean I've been fortunate to work with some pretty pretty good guys um, I just like watching them come in as freshmen. A lot of them had never run. And then by the time they're seniors, they they go and they're working as hard as they can and they're doing the best they can. And they look back and they they appreciate all the hard work they put in throughout their four years and seeing them progress through their career and knowing that they put in all that hard work throughout the course of their career I mean, that just makes me feel good. And then when they come back after they graduated, you know, they're talking to the younger guys and, you know, they're pumping them up and, um, and knowing what impact the sport has had on them on those four years and that they're, they're, they were really fortunate to be a part of the team and they express that to the other guys. I think that's very powerful. And that, that makes me feel good about um, what we accomplished for them personally, throughout the four years that they were there. Um, The lows, um, I think I alluded to to this a little bit earlier. Um, I was way too results driven, not process driven and I didn't make it fun. And if they would have criticized me that early I would have definitely agreed to that. And that helped me a lot in the beginning um, change my mindset, and I think just improve the team in general.
4: Yeah, so for Wapahani, you know, thinking about, you know, highs, you know, I'm just kind of with the rest of you guys in terms of 80 time, you know, you see your kids set PRs, get school records, you know, win championships, you know, it's hard to differentiate, you know, between like what's 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 the best out of um all those, but, you know, we've been fortunate, you know, over here since, you know, I've been coaching that there's just been a lot of high moments that, you know, I've, I've got to enjoy with the kids and, you know, see them celebrate, um, you know, their hard work. Uh, Just, just looking at this year alone, um, we had a boy and a girl that both set the school records this year, um, you know, and they did that in the tournament when they're supposed to be peaking. And I mean, it was just, phenomenal moments uh, for all of them. Um, The boys team, you know, they they were eighth at semi-state this year, which is by far and away the best our school's ever done um, at that meet. And, you know, I've been lucky enough where it seems like every year there's a handful of those type of things that you can grab onto um, that says, you know, that this is why I coach, you know, this, this is why, you know, I like the grind and getting in into it with these kids and uh, just to see them, you know, have so much success here, um, you know, from their high school running careers Um, lows, you know, a lot of, you know, the competitive lows are one thing, you know, you know, a few of you guys got into that, you know, coach Toothman got into, you know, that, that COVID year was brutal um, in terms of, you know, you know, dealing and working with athletes, you know, through that, you know, I, I remember that spring, you know, every, the writing became on the wall, you know, everything was going to shut down, you know, that I think it was a Tuesday night where the NBA just kind of shut down that night after Rudy, Rudy Colbert uh, <laughs> tested positive. And, um, you know, I remember writing out a plan that night when the NBA was shutting down games in terms of like, all right, we're not going to be able to run for a while. Here at a certain point, like, wh- what are we do now? And you know, setting up a you know kind of a off in season workout plan that kids were going to be able to do on their own, and hoping and crossing fingers that they were going to be able to have some sort of season. You know, looking back, that's all naive now in terms of um what it became. But um, you know that that whole year was crazy. Even as that transitioned into a uh, cross country, um you know, from a coaching standpoint, um, one mistake I made that year was we had a pretty good team and we went all in early that year. Um, and kind of what I preached to them when we kind of finally were able to get together in the beginning of July is I don't know how many meets we're going to have or how, you know, how long the season's going to be, but we're going to be as good as possible for as long as we have a season. And, you know, um, those guys, they worked hard. And because of it, you know, we peaked like late August. Um, so much the time, the whole season wrapped up in October. Uh, we, we weren't quite where we were hoping to be, um, still all right. We still qualified for semi-state and it had a good year, but you know, that was a sectional that, you know, looking back, knowing that we would have had a whole season definitely would have, uh, prepped those guys differently have ran random in different meets, um, That year we ran down pretty much all year, like Coach Toothman said, you know, finding these little three, four team races that we knew we were going to be able to run and not have them canceled and those sorts of things. And, you know, looking back, knowing that the whole season went through, you know, that, you know, feel bad that, you know, those guys didn't get set up for the tournament quite like, you know, how I wanted. But, you know, you know, we've been fortunate here where, you know, the highs far outnumber the lows and. You know, I, I like to think that, you know, most of the kids that that's ran for us these last few years are, you know, they, 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 they appreciate the highs um, more than anything. And they see those lows when they come as learning and growing experiences that they can take with them, not um, just for running lessons, but just for life lessons, um, you know, and that's kind of the big, you know, teaching point that we have in terms of, you know, we're you know, if, if we, if we we coach you up and you're a lifelong runner, great. Um, but if you can at minimum take the skills you get from running, um, you know, and distance running and the work ethic and the attitude that comes with it, and you can put that into the rest of your life and the things that you do moving forward, then, you know, we'll, we'll take that every day of the week. So.
0: Absolutely. Thank you guys, uh, for sharing that. So I want to move to more uh, small school specific questions, and I'm thinking one of you guys can can take the question and then you guys kind of build off each other um, off that answer. So my first question is, can you make the argument for and against a class system for cross country?
4: All right. I'll take the bullet head on here. Um, So, so, um, you know, you know, this is coach Stevenson Wapahani again, you know, me personally, I am 100% in favor of a, of a class system, um, for cross country. You know, I think at this point, every other state, um, other than Indiana has a class system, um, now me as a social studies and current events teacher, you know, I, I feel pretty confident saying that if Indiana is an outlier with something, um, it's usually not because Indiana's the progressive state of things. Um, usually <laughs> Indiana's a little behind when it comes to uh catching up with you know what what the rest of the country and everything else is doing. Um, so you know, that being said, I, I'm more than in favor of of a class system. You know, um, I'm always, you know, eager to to talk about the prospects of a class system and what that could look like, um, and that sort of thing. Um, I just put put a big post on Indiana Runner a couple weeks ago, um, out, you know, and I just kind of outlined, you know, the all the one A and two A schools is what I went through, just because it took long enough to do that, and went through kind of participation with the small schools and the tournament and. You know, with that kind of help, you know, perhaps maybe get a better dialogue going in terms of if a class system was projected, like what what's the best look in terms of a two class system or three class system, and you know what what would be the best for Indiana moving forward to help some of these smaller classes grow um small schools grow and get the running programs going where they're on par with other kind of team team sports that are classed in the state so i'll just leave it there and kind of let some of these other guys uh piggyback off that
3: And i think i think the question uh i think both sides present a strong strong case indiana has a a great tradition history in a one-class sport uh, the IHSAA obviously views cross country as an individual sport, which is the main reason why they're against classing it. As far as I'm, as far as I'm concerned, um, but everybody loves to hear the, the the David and Goliath. You know, hear the stories of small schools making big tournament runs. You know, but on, but on the but on the flip side of that, you know, uh, most smaller schools know how much of a uphill battle they face to make the state meet. And uh, you know, where's the dividing line at? You know like coach Stevenson said, is it a, is it a two class system? Is it a three class system? And you know, we, I think we are the only state that isn't class, you know, the state to the, to the West of us is six class, you know, and then, you know, and then, but it can be done, but I've, I've always been a, a believer in uh, one true state champion. You know, um, I was, I'm in the same conference as Connor Sorrells from bar reeve and bar reeve, you know, which is one of the smallest schools in the state and Connor Sorrells was a state champion. And, uh, Thirteen or fourteen, and uh, you know that's awesome, good, for, great for him. You know, I've, I've watched him run in middle school and high school, but you know he would, but he but he would be just as happy to be a, a state champion in a class sport, I guess. But it's always a lot better to be a, a state champion. Uh, you know, we got we had Springs Valley in our semi-state this year. who made it to semi-state for the first time, made we made it out of the regional for the first time. And Springs Valley is a really really small school, but yet also we have Jeffersonville that's in our semi-state. And Jeffersonville is the 29th largest school in the in the state. It's the second largest school in our Brown County feeder system, Brown County semi-state feeder system, with uh, you know over uh, 2,000 2,000 oh, students. Sure. And we only fielded two runners this year, so you know does enrollment really matter? You know we had more kids than Jeffersonville had at South Knox. Well, but I I, 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 I like the idea of a class system, but I also like the idea of everybody running together. And you know we, with today's technology. You know, we go to Brown County Invite. Coach Abe does a great job up there. You go to the Brown County Invite and we, we run in the small school, big school race. So we don't know who the small school runners are. We don't know who the big school runners are. We're we're there to race whoever's in front of us. You know, we're gonna to try to pass whoever's in front of us, but then at the end of the race, they separate it electronically, obviously. So the technology's there, it can be done. But I, I do believe in one true state champion, and I like let's race everybody together and then maybe split it at the end. Um, but enrollment but enrollment wise. You no, know, I had I had I had 22 kids out this year. That, that's big for a, sm- a small two-day school. Uh, you know, then some other bigger schools, we outnumbered them. How I don't know, but that's that's just our tradition at South Knox. But um, you can make an argument for both sides, and we'll see what happens. Is is the IHS is the IHSAA going to basically do this 25-5 series for a while before everybody gets upset and everybody loses interest in it? or what? What's what's the future going to hold?
2: That's my take on it. I think we're we're outliers among small schools because of the success we've had. So we've had a chance to build a culture that allows greater participation numbers. But a lot of the small schools are are hard to feel in teams like Coach Stevenson said with with his statistics because I looked at them and like it seems like it's a trend just small schools can't field teams we're, we're losing athletes in general to teams that have success competing against people their own size so i mean for this for the future of the sport i, I don't know if, if there's going to be an option that's going to be sustainable for keeping people in our sport um, and then just having athletes in general, that's a whole nother topic, but athlete, athletic participation. Um, well, I see both sides about the true state champion, um, one, one race, but it's hard for small schools, especially in conference like ours, when we had maybe, we have a 10-team conference, six of the teams fielded five runners, and some of them, like you said, Coach Toothman, are, are big schools and they can't even field runners. So imagine what it's like for the small schools that have no tradition. They can get one or two guys out, and that's good for them. And I, I feel bad for those schools.
1: Yeah, I think I think with my time at Oak Hill, I think my, my opinion on this has changed probably over the years. Um, you know, I always like to say that I feel like a benefit I have is the fact that I – Competed at a big school in high school. I coached at a big school before I came to Oak Hill. And I had the luxury of also coaching in a class sport with basketball for For 15 odd years. And and I think early on, you know, that 05 team we had, there's not a guy on that team that would not have traded. They, they would have no way they would have traded a 10th place in the state meet for a two way state championship at the time. Like that 10th place was the coolest thing in the world to them. Uh, and I get that tradition element of it. But there's two the two things that really changed my mind on this were when they went when they not only when we got soccer programs at Oak Hill, but when they went class in soccer. We had a mass exodus. I mean, we had kids that we, we were losing everybody because now these kids that were your borderline kids could now go into a sport and, and be successful, not not that they weren't good, but they could find better success uh you know going and winning a 1a or 2a soccer sectional over me trying to talk him into hey let's get to semi-state and take one on the chin from homestead and penn and fort wayne carroll um and and we we had two or three years now you know from the outside looking in they probably thought well Oak kill didn't take a step back but i knew there were kids out there that would have put up, probably put us over the edge at that time um, and how much of an impact that was. So I've always kind of been on the side that I, I know there's a lot of people that says they don't think class will help the numbers I 100% think it will. Because uh, I know there's kids walking the halls for us that if I could go to them and say, hey, uh, we're in a position, even if let's say we went to two classes like we have an indoor track, and we're going to do everything we can to compete with the rebuffs of the world but right now we're not beating rebuff. Um, and it's it's not smart for me to try to get my kids to believe that right now because it's just going to under you know they're they're going to underperform in their minds. So we have to find a realistic goal. Me looking at those kids and saying, hey, let's go to the one A, two A, three A state championship and get top five every year. My numbers would go up easily. Um, having an opportunity to compete at a state level uh, individually, uh, those types of things, and then being part of a basketball team in 2018 that won a state championship. Um, you know, I'm all for tradition but I got to be a part of that run and that ride. And I understand it's basketball in Indiana, so it's not cross country or track, unfortunately. But I think we've all probably at our schools seen when other teams have success that are the ball sports, quote unquote, and how much attention and pride and uh, support the community gives them as a whole. And that doesn't come in cross country and track, no matter what we do. Um, you know, I can take an Owen Jackson to state this year and he can be 50th and I've got to come back and sell to people at the school that it was a good run. Um, because they hear 50th and they're like, Well, what does that even mean? And I'm like, Well, he's probably one of the top 10 one A or two A, three A guys in the race, right? Um, you know, and I and I don't buy into the Well, it'd be nice to beat everybody. I do agree with coach Toothman that, yeah, if we went class, it'd be awesome to have like a meet of champions like Michigan does. That's why we're kind of behind them when it comes to the all-stars is that meet of champions they have. But I can tell you what, what we did in basketball wasn't easy. I think, I think the, I think the misconception is if you go class, it somehow makes it easier in terms of the work you're putting in, Um, you know, I have a ring upstairs and I've got a banner in our gym and I've got net cut down from a state championship that there's not one second of my life since 2018 or for the rest of the time that I'm on this earth that I will ever think man, you know that we didn't beat everybody the heck with that right we were state champions we beat who they put in front of us we upped our schedule to make ourselves better and that there that never once dawned on me um if anything, it made me feel bad for the rest of our cross country and track kids that they never got to experience something like that. Cause we feel like we had teams that would have both of those sports probably been at that level multiple times. And I feel like as special as that run was, you kind of realize like, not that they're doing it for attention, not that they're doing it for accolades, but unfortunately I feel like we press so much with our kids so that people do understand the work they put in and how talented they are and how special they are in a one-class system, I feel like you really have to far exceed expectations to get that at a school our size because the people can't mentally process it and compare it equally to what we're doing in 3A football or 2A soccer or 3A basketball at this point and not taking anything away from them. Um, But I think smaller, smaller schools will get better. I think it's like anything else. I think if we go class, the private schools, the private entity. Those private schools in the indie area are going to start growing numbers. They're going to have studs that come in from other places. And I just think I think the quality will be better. And I think the numbers would go up. And obviously it gives more opportunities uh, for athletes. And like to Coach Toothman said, you know, you'd hope that maybe we could have that meet of champions where, yeah, you want to win a two-way state championship and be done, be done. If you want to go toe the line with Carmel and Burbuff and Columbus North, here's your chance.
0: Could you guys talk a little bit more about recruiting and how the lack of a a class system affects that?
1: I, you know, I'll take that. I, I, you know, I know, I know this is more of a cross country element, but you know, I can think of track. I I think we all probably deal with multiple things when it comes to recruiting you deal with not only the element of it's a one class system Mm -hmm. and we, you know, Coach Evans and Coach Stevenson both, like I, I've already mentioned, kicked our butt in the semi-state, but we were happy with our 15th place in the semi-state. But for me to sell that to kids and be like, hey, this was a good run, this was a good performance, that falls on deaf ears. Like, they don't want to hear that. They want to be in a position to compete for championships. They want to be in a position to, in their mind, have fun. And and, and I agree that winning is fun for them, um, but I feel like, we have, we have the numbers that we have generated in track and you know, we have anywhere from 90 to about 110 kids out for track every year, boys and girls. And a lot of that comes from, I'll hear parents say, Hey, I told my kid, if you want to fill up your letter jacket, you need to go do track. Um, and while that makes it, you know, that's, a, you know, I've got myself and two paid assistants and we're trying to coach 110 kids in track. And, you know, I get frustrated when I go to the clinic and I listen to somebody from a bigger school throw out the old traditional, well, you've got to coach harder. Um, and I'm like, no, that's not what's happening here. But, uh, you know, trying to recruit those kids, you've got to kind of look at them and say, hey, we've got opportunities to compete here. You know, the being uncommon element that i talked about earlier, you know, I'm gonna use Nikki Sutherland as an example. Uh, Nikki Sutherland at Delta, we all know is an amazing talent. She's not only a state level talent, but a national talent. Um, You know, she comes to our cross country invite and she comes to our track invite. I love all of our sports equally at Oak Hill, but the rest of the kids that are playing sports at Oak Hill are not seeing somebody in their sport that's the equivalent of Nikki Sutherland. Um, They're not seeing Lily Cridge. You know, our kids got to run against Cole from Carmel this year, and obviously those guys are national level. Those are all men and women that are nationally level or teams. Like, we won that state championship, like I said, in 2018 in basketball. We didn't see Warren Central that year who won the 418 title. Like, we didn't we didn't have to see them. We didn't know what they looked like, right? David Bell, you know, we didn't know who he was yet. Uh, and I so I think the element we have in terms of recruiting kids is trying to get them to buy in, that you get to be a part of something that's very different. It's going to take some work, but you get an opportunity. I think we probably all sell that. You get an opportunity to compete and you can't hide. Um, but I do say that it is very difficult, especially when everything around you has gone class. Uh, to grab on kids and hang on to them. Because, you know, I, I play travel volleyball or I, tra- play, I play travel softball or AU basketball. And, and those things that, that I pay for give me these opportunities that I somehow think that, you know, playing JV in that sport at, that, at a class level is, is gonna get me a college scholarship or whatever the motivation might be for some people. And it's just unfortunate to see that because there's so many lost opportunities uh, in our sports and for our teams. Uh, to compete in a one-class setting and 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 grow from that.
2: I don't know what you guys think, but I feel like athletic participation in general is is down amongst both genders. Like it's hard to even get athletes to want to participate in any sport now. At least in from my perspective, um, it's the same kids that do sports. And we're all trying to get these kids. How do you sell it to them that this is the sport you should do? And that's why I think if, if class cross country is an option in the future, it would help get those kids that, and they're, they're athletes. And we, we want athletes, no matter what, they, they don't have to be necessarily the best, best runner, but they're athletes, they're competitors, you know, when they go out to race, that they're going to bust their butts. Um, and it's a hard sell to try to get these kids um, especially since they've been playing t-ball, youth basketball with these other guys their whole life. How do you how do you pluck them from those sports and say, you know, you should be a cross country runner? And they look at you like you're crazy. Um, so, I guess for me, the best way to recruit is is the is the culture of the team and and them having fun and coming to the sport and saying, you know, we can be successful but we're also going to have a good time doing it and you're going to be a respected member of the team. Not that they wouldn't be on other teams, but, um, I just think that fun aspect is, is a way to get these kids to try to at least consider doing cross country. But I also think too, once they get to high school, there's so much specialization and all this other crap that's going on now that if, if they're going to be, you know, a basketball star, well, off season they're going to be doing AAU, they're going to be doing all, all this other stuff. So we try to to really get them acclimated maybe more towards middle school, elementary just to get them to try cross country. You know, just maybe you like it, but just try it. I know you played basketball your whole life. You played baseball your whole life. Well, let's do this race and see if you're good. And and at least get them into the sport and then we can at least have a fighting chance with some of these kids mm-hmm. in my opinion
3: we uh you know our, our our three fall sports are tennis soccer and cross country uh, and we won our tennis and cross country and soccer won sectional this year all three sports didn't they won sectional last year as well uh i don't I don't think we see a, a major effect from cross country not being not being classed and hurting recruiting, but I think uh, I think the best runners that enter high school from middle school run cross country all four years. I've been I've been blessed with that, and our soccer team and, and tennis teams have been very good and very well coached here lately, but like like Coach Evan said, you know, like he, I'm seeing a, a decline in athletic participation all around. Now, you know, if cross country if cross country uh, was classed, yeah you're going to have more banners in the gym. You're going to have your picture on the wall. You're going to have, you're going to leave a, leave a legacy. You know, our soccer team has won seven sectionals in a row. Uh, we've won three sectionals in a row across country. So, you know, I try to hit the, I try to hit the, let's go hang a banner in a Spartan dome. Let's go try to get our picture on the wall. You know, leave a legacy, leave a, leave, leave your footprint and, 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 you know, hard work. Uh, but most of the athletes that most of the good runners that come, you know, I got a, we, we got a pretty good feeder program at South Knox. Uh, we got a, a coach that's that's approaching three thousand wins and you know he'll get 40 kids out uh grades grades four through eight and we take two buses to middle school meets sometimes and you know when they get to high school they, they look at the success of the soccer program and yeah they're winning sectionals you know but it's a little bit easier because it's a class program so uh but i'm not sure if it affects us that much not being classed uh, you know i, I kind of and you know, I'm the assistant principal at my school. So whenever a kid gets in trouble, I give them the option of running cross-country or serving discipline. <laughs> so you know, <laughs> you, know, you want to go, you want to serve a suspension or you want to run cross-country? Which one? <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. But uh, but it, it, we'll see. We'll see if it happens or not, you know. <clears throat>
4: You go. um, so just to go off what coach Toothman said right there, you know, I think a a couple, a few of our programs, or I think all of our programs, um, are at least in a good enough position right now where like we, we can get some initial banner success, whether it's winning sectional, winning, winning a regional, um, for a couple of you guys, you know, whatever it is that, that makes, you know, things a little bit more attainable in terms of, you know, recruiting the kids you, you need to get to, to get those things, um, Obviously, for a lot of small schools across the state, that's not a uh, that that that's not a um, a thing that they they can enjoy. Um, I know here at Wapahani, you know, we we've won five sectionals the last decade. Um, you know, and you know, I, I'm smart enough to understand that you know we're we're lucky enough to be in a pocket of the state where that's possible. Um, you know, with with some slight realignment or whatever, you know, we could end up with a Fishers and. Hamilton Southeastern in our sectional and, you know, we're, we're, we're not, we're not winning sectionals anymore. Um And so, you know, that, that whole side of recruiting, you know, argument, you know, changes a lot, you know, j- just with that, Um, you know, with that. So, you know, that's, that's kind of my first thought here of, you know, where, we're less affected by it, at least on the boys side in terms of that we've been able to win and have won, And, and that helps, um, in terms of recruiting against those class systems here. Um, it sounds like all you guys, um, you know, have, have soccer as well. Um, I have noticed a difference the last few years when they went from two classes to three classes of uh, that really helped our soccer numbers. Um, overall on both on the boys and the girls sides just because you know our our soccer teams they are both in that 1a division and things got a lot more um put on an even even playing field for them uh when they when it went to three classes versus two um i'll, I'll, I'll just leave, leave it there with that um so you know re- recruiting you know with with that those sports you know is is something um, and then when it comes to track and this is probably more relevant for us in track um you know on the boys side you know our baseball team at Wapahani they are perennial top one top two worst case scenario they're the fifth worst 2A school you know baseball team in the state and you know when when, when we think you know hey for a track team we we need to find 20 25 guys that can do something to be competitive and knowing that they got 20, 25 baseball guys over there that, you know, can play and do things for them to be at their level. Well, that's a huge chunk of our boy population that we got to get out between those two sports to be, um, you know, competitive on both sides. And, you know, the the fact of the matter, you know, in, in track, which I don't advocate necessarily track should be, you know, classed or whatever, but It's it's a big uphill battle um, getting some of those kids out for track when you know baseball's over there you know and they're winning you know state championships and competing for them every year and it's just it's just a different animal Um, when you take that on um, that's something that you know we 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 kind of embrace and we've had success with it you know regardless but you know it, it is something that. You know, you got to deal with and like I said, if you're a, if you're a school that has little to no culture on the running side and you're a new coach is trying to build things up. I mean, if you're trying to get 20, 25 kids out for a track team and, you know, you had five kids that ran on the track team last year, that's that's a big uphill climb that you're trying to make. Um, same thing with cross country when you're trying to fill a full team and you only had one individual last year. Um, things get tough. Um, That's probably the biggest thing that kind of irks me a little bit when the state comes out and gives kind of the numbers of schools who didn't field full teams versus schools that did, um, you know, on the small school level. Um, I don't think, you know, enough is said about the fact that cross country is an individual sport as well as a team sport and how, how much that plays a part of it. And, you know, when it comes to basketball, like I know in our area, I don't know about you guys, but like girls basketball struggling um, in our area where there's numerous schools that only have one varsity team, no JV team, you know, at this point. And I know for a fact, a lot of those schools, you know, they got kids that are playing basketball just so they can field a team so they can play those games. Um, And that's not something that cross country has to deal with because cross country, if you have one kid on your team that one kid can still run, right? And then if that one kid's trying to peer pressure other kids to run, it, it's different because that kid can still run on their own. Um, and so I think that part of this whole element of you know low participation and individuals running, I think that gets overlooked a lot.
0: Hmm. So next year, it's looking like it's going to go to a 25-5 structure for the tournament. Uh, what do you guys think about that? um if you were the ihsa what kind of structure would you put in place and then last question is what is your guys' relationship with the ihsa like
4: okay so i'll go first there i mean i mean it's, it's kind of joking but if i wanted to be a bias here you know in this three three tier system here i would uh i would grab Co- coach brunner and uh we would just set a wall around our schools and all these other small rural schools around us and say, Hey, this is our sectional and regional <laughs> and to, um the state meet in Terre Haute. Um, obviously, you know, that, that's not how it's going to work. Um, you know, I'm, I'm trying to feel better about, you know, the three tier system overall. Um, the thing I, that, really kind of leaves a bad taste in my mouth is such a big selling point to our program is the idea of getting to semi-state and how big of accomplishment that is Um, and it worries me with the change of the setup here if selling the idea of getting to regional will be as big of a deal for kids as the notion of getting to semi-state um, just because I know that's something they look forward to every year, something that they drive towards every year. Not that getting to regional in any sport at 80 level isn't a big deal, um, but that seemed to be a big carrot that seemed attainable for our kids that's going to get taken away and it's going to change um, because of it. So, you know, I understand the logistics and a three tier system, you know, works for certain schools and you know, it's what a lot of states do, um, you know, mostly class states, I'll add. But, you know, you know, maybe this is the first step of that that happening here. But, you know, I'm, I'm not the biggest fan of this. But, you know, at the same time, I can understand a little bit. But it's, it's definitely, you know, short term not going to affect our program um, in a positive way um, as far as I see it as far as my relationship with the IHSAA, you know, I'll I'll just, you know, be frank. It's pretty much, you know, through the, the coaches association at this point. Um, you know, as far as I know the state has a nice kind of stone wall set up when it comes against, um, distance running and everything. So I'm not sure what kind of dialogue, you know, the various coaches and everything, you know, have with the state that isn't through the coaches association, um, Anyway, um, I'm trying to get better being involved in the coaches association uh, the best I can. And, you know, those sorts of things and be an advocate for small schools Um, with that. I think that's something our coaches association really struggles with is just small school participation um, in it. And a lot of that I know is probably because you have a lot of new coaches and Rolodex coaches that come with um, small schools that, you know, just either don't have time to be part of the association or, or just unaware of it entirely. Um, but, but yeah, so, you know, as, as my contact with them, I, um, I would uh, love to have, um, you know, the commissioner on speed dial where I can <laughs> always text him my concerns and things like that, but uh, not, uh, not, not in the cards right now. Anyway.
3: I, I coach Stevenson. I agree with you about when it comes to, you know, dangling the carrot, you know, with semi-state, I, I like the four-round system. And is it broke? You know, I don't know. I, I, I like it. I, I think you know semi. One of our goals every year, one of our main goals every year, is to make it the semi-state. That's kind of like our state meet. You know, get the semi-state. You know, and that's how that's a recruiting tool for us too. Now we're going to say, hey, let's just make it past the sectional and get to regional. Okay, then what? That, that's it. Uh, so, but I, I, I do believe that sectionals could add a few more teams. You know, like currently we have 12, 13 teams. It can go to 15, 16. That's fine. But like what's, what's the problem with the four-tier tournament right now with, with, a, with a sectional regional semi-state state? I like it. And then one of our goals is to get the semi-state every year and then see what we can do. Um, as far as as far as like the relationship with the IHSAA, I'm not sure we're looking out for the best interest of small schools. Um, I, am on, I am on the IATCC council. I'm not sure what our relationship with the IHSAA is right now. Uh, I haven't heard much. We're having a we're having a meeting December fifth uh, to talk about some things and go from there. Talk about the clinic and everything. So it'll be interesting to see what what kind of topics come up. But um, I'm I'm not a fan of it. I, I like the way it is. It's been that way for a long time. Hell, I even liked it whenever sectionals were on a Tuesday and regionals were on a Sat. You know, the next Saturday. I like that. I like that format too. I I still like the four the four layer format. So we'll see we'll see how it goes.
2: You asked about Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, coach.
1: I, you know, I don't know. I think I'm kind of stuck on both scenarios there. Um, In terms of the 25 and five, I I don't know if I was a big fan of really any of the options. Kind of like you guys said, I I don't think it's broken. I get to a degree why they're wanting to do it um, to eliminate, at least in my mind, eliminate some of the racing um take that week out i do like for the fact that we have that week off now that maybe we can move our conference meet and get to the nike twilight or maybe we can adjust our schedule that's the only positive in my mind other than you know if you got somebody injured trying to give them more time i kind of thought that they might go to the let's just delete sectional um and let's just have everybody that's in your regional now be your sectional and everybody that's in your semi-state now be your regional and i think you know, for how many times we hear that we don't want to rechange this, the tournament because we don't have people that will host, which I usually feel like is a piece of crap. You know, that's an excuse. There's going to be somebody that's going to, to host or find enough room to, you know, we go to all these invites that have 30 teams on the line, but we can't figure out how to put 13 teams on the line in the tournament. Um, you know, so I kind of thought they might go that path because that would be the easiest one in terms of not having to move anybody the adding the fifth regional I know they sell it by saying you know what we're going to get more individuals to state but again does that mean that those individuals are still going to be eaten up by probably a vast majority of big school athletes who normally would be going to state um, on a team are now going to be taking those spots away from maybe an athlete that wasn't um, I hate to say it's the hand they're going to deal us, so and we're all going to have to deal with it to a degree but I think that's part of what we've we've had with the ihsa from my outside perspective i feel like it's gotten better since paul nida came on board uh, but that's also right around the time that i got of got involved when i was no longer coaching basketball so i may not be the best um, of gauge on that uh, my relationship with the ihsa in terms of what we deal with at Oak Hill, you know we i feel like we have a pretty good relationship with them there's nothing that really comes to mind other than you know tinkering with the tournament format, you know, I'd really like to pick somebody's brain. Uh, I think the only thing that really kind of ruffles my feathers is the, you know, when we have to make scratches in the track tournament and, you know, it's not 1985 anymore and I don't have to go, oh, yeah, I now have the internet. Why can we not go home and check results and, you know, make a strategic coaching decision that's best for your athletes by noon on Friday? Like we, you know, we, we would all be capable of doing that, right? Uh, those types of things, right, just feel like it's, it's either outdated, or we've, or we're trying to fix something that, as Coach Toothman said, we're not really sure right now needs to be fixed. And unfortunately, I feel like so many things in this world, it's all about changing a one word, right? It's, Coach is right, saying to our kids, you get to go to semi-state is a really, really big deal. And if we change that word to regional, you know, Hmm. It, it, there's a difference there I mean we like I said we won we won a regional and track and just as big just as important our wrestling team the very next year won a semi-state both amazing accomplishments like that should not happen at schools our size in track and wrestling and it was amazing to me to see the different reaction to people when our wrestling team won the semi-state compared to our track team winning the regional same thing in essence but the change of words just was it was amazing the difference in response to that and it was unfortunate for our kids because i you know it, it once again it fell to a point where you know we get semi-state patches i know there's a lot of smaller schools that get a lot more patches than us and our kids are not always real happy about it but if we get to semi-state as a team we get a semi-state patch like you know we're not going to get regional patches um for going for a team it's just not and, and i know it's it's stupid it's stupid to sit here and say that's what's but again that's what's motivating that's what's giving these kids a purpose to be out there and not go do something else and and again um, i don't know if there's any way around it and i think in my heart of hearts this will be a couple year thing and if people don't like it that might be when we start looking at class
2: for me um after they draw the lines then i'll tell you how i feel about the 25 five
1: (laughs) yeah exactly you know
2: like (laughs) Our semi state got rearranged a couple of years ago. Um, Good or bad, however you want to look at it. Teams were taken out. Teams were brought in. Um, I'm not
1: sure anybody was taken out, Coach. I think that was part of the big problem, right? (laughs) Yeah.
2: People got shuffled, right? You're right. (laughs) Different locations. Um, So, yeah, it just depends on how they draw the lines. And that – Is going to determine a lot, but like if we have 15 teams per sectional on average, um, then we're going to like 25 teams per regional and then only five of those teams get out. Well, as now you have 20 teams in the semi-state and six teams get out. So I think that's just going to hurt uh, small schools even more. Besides the fact that you don't get the name semi-state, you have less of a chance to make it past the round before state. Now, Again, even with five regionals, and you know they say, "Well, well, we can break up the indie schools and all this, and but you're still going to be competing against bigger schools in a round that has more teams than a semi state would um in any other year. so, um yeah, it it could go good for some successful small schools, depending on how they draw the lines. But I think for the most part, small schools are going to suffer because of this
1: right and let's be honest we're not doing this in other sports you know we kind of talked a couple questions ago sorry josh i didn't mean to cut you off but we talked about how you know i think coach toothman was talking about jeffersonville just having a couple kids at the semi-state well if south knox was drubbing jeffersonville in basketball every year we wouldn't talk about redoing the entire ihsa basketball state tournament because a big school was struggling but there's plenty of big schools that struggle that are not putting out quality football basketball and baseball teams and we have not done anything to adjust those tournament paths or the belief that our numbers are dwindling it you know so it's one of those deals where i don't feel like we're making that decision elsewhere i understand the the you know the optics of it and i think so much of it that never gets talked about in our sport is the social economic status of some of these schools um in relation to population and numbers but when you come down to it i think sometimes it's just like well there's schools that are only struggling in cross country and track well no there's plenty of teams you know our girls basketball team i think multiple times already this season has played a different jv team than they're playing in the varsity which means somebody that we're playing doesn't have enough bodies to be filling filling both teams, right? And that's happening across the state. You know, when I first started coaching basketball, everybody had a freshman boys basketball team and they probably had an A and a B team. Now we cancel half of our freshman boys teams. And I'm sure that's going on at other schools as well. And again, I don't feel like it's aligning um, in terms of the decision-making in other sports.
0: Is this something that like your athletes are actively thinking about? Like, do they think about being from a small school and do they have a chip on their shoulder from that?
1: I don't think my kids at Oak have a chip. I don't think my kids walk around with a, we're a small school element, but I do feel like they, I don't feel like they have a small school chip I feel like they have a, we compete in a one-class system chip. Mm. I feel like they very much understand who they have to face on a regular basis. And I think to a degree, they get disappointed that people don't respect that or value that as much as they probably should. I tell our kids all the time that they probably get more respect and are valued more outside of our walls than they are within. You know, we go to meets and the homesteads and the pens and the carols and the caramels and those schools are recognizing our kids Um, you know, again, it goes back to that sell to them, but I I don't think our kids, I I don't feel like any of my athletes have been like, you know, that motivates them that they're from a small school. I think more so it motivates them that they are battling everybody and they have to take on everybody. And that's kind of more of their drive.
3: Yeah. I, uh, you know, do our athletes actually think about being from a small school? I think, I think some of my, some of our parents, think about more from being from a small school than my, than my athletes do. Um, you know, at the end of the day in the races we run, we must know uh, we have to bring our A game every time to compete with the big boys and win meets. Uh, do our athletes have a chip on their shoulder? I think it's more of a confidence factor than a chip, really. Um, you know, they, they, know it's, they know it's much harder to be taken seriously uh, when you're not a big powerhouse school. But, uh, you know, I think we go out and we race every race. We want to beat every team, whether those schools have 2,500 or 250 you know it's just not really a chip it's a confidence uh and we don't really we don't really talk about that you know we we go to some of the big invites you know and you know are we the big boys at the invite because we're we're, we're placing top three and we only have uh, 15 20 kids in our team and we only have you know a small enrollment and we're in uh, or are we still a small school there so i think it's more of a confidence factor than a chip on the shoulder so you know, I I don't I don't sell my boys saying you know we're the smallest school here you know let's go out and make some noise you know you, we've been here before let's go out and let's go out and do it again and uh, it's confidence <clears throat> but uh, but I do have some parents of some of my runners that are always posting about you know we were the smallest school we're second smallest school in the semi state or we're the smallest school in they invite yeah okay that's that, that's a that's a nice little you know feather in our cap but at the end of the day we're still racing in a one class sport and we're trying to go out and beat the big boys.
1: Matt, I agree with you on that. Just to touch on that. I, I, I to be honest, I, I despise at times having to post and do some of the things that we do to promote our kids, because you're right. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter, right? It doesn't matter if we win the the A division race at New Haven, because that's going to mean absolutely jack squat in the tournament. But You're almost forced to do that so that the kids and their parents and the people that are around understand the level that all four of our programs, kids and other small schools um, kids are competing at that kind of gets lost in the shuffle. So, I mean, I agree with you in that it's almost like you don't want to hear it, but at the end of the day, you still have to, you still have to use it, I think, to motivate and to, you know, get our kids to fully understand the gravity of the level that they're at. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah, I think it's just about finding competition. You got to you got to find the best cuz you know in the tournament you're going to have to face those teams. So you just tell the guys, "Hey, we're we're going to this meet. There's going to be some good runners here. Um it's going to give you guys a chance to to see what you got and let the chips fall where they may." We don't really have a chip on our shoulders, so to speak, it's the fact that we just want to go out and compete. With whatever guys are on the line at that meet,
3: right? You know, we we, you know, we try to set up our we try to set up our season schedule to where we see people that like like Coach Evans said, where we see teams that we're going to see in the tournament. You know, we'll go to the Brown County Invite where we're going to see a lot of semi-state teams that we don't see in regular season, but we have to travel. You know, two and a half hours and we try to basically set our schedule up to where let's go race let's go race to big schools let's go race to big boys let's go race to amazon rights you know castle you know amazon north you know schools that are four or five times our size they probably have more kids in their freshman class than we do in our whole school and let's go race you know cuts that we're going to see in, that's what we're going to see in the tournament
4: <clears throat> yeah to go off you guys you know just you know i think instilling confidence is more important than making sure they have a chip on their shoulder um when they run, you know, I, I know our kids, you know, locally, um, you know, the, the term I always use for them is, you know, you, you, gotta be ready to to have your black cap on, um, and, and be that team, you know, in, in our area that, that we're in and not look at things of being an underdog or whatever, but run like, you know, you're supposed to be, you know, one of the best teams in the area, one of the best teams, you know, in a given race you're in, and, and run with that mentality um, here too. I think, you know, there's, there's a little bit of some negative connotation that comes with, you know, kind of quote unquote, running with a, a chip on your shoulder that, you know, that, that makes you the underdog. Um, and, you know, some kids may run better, you know, thinking they're the underdog and things too. Um, but, you know, if, if you can get Kids to run with the confidence and training that you know they're supposed to be there and they're they're supposed to run well um, at any given race. Like you know, Coach Toothman said. You know, you I'm sure all of you guys, you know, with with your schedules, you know, you you run your kids through the wicket here. You go you go see where the competition is, and you go you go run where the competition is. And when you get there, you're not you're not selling in an underdog store. You're you're selling that you know, hey, we belong to be in this race and we can run with these guys and have the expectation that you're, you're going to beat those guys, you know, on a given day. So, you know, I, I don't, you know, love the, the chip on your shoulder, you know, adage here with it, just because I I don't think that kind of builds confidence the same way that you you really want to see from, especially, you know, your, your, your better runners on, on, you know, high caliber teams. So you guys, have built
0: and are building great traditions at your schools. What advice would you give other small school coaches who maybe just starting out or struggling to recruit, struggling to build um, a tradition? What, uh, what are some keys, some keys to you guys' success so far?
3: I've, I've told, I've told a couple coaches around our area that are just starting out, you know, nope, like nobody cares about cross country except for you, The kids and their parents, you know, so make it your own, you know, have fun with it, be successful, you know, try to recruit, you know, make it, make it fun and uh, get kids out and then then try to build the program up because, you know, at at first, if you're trying to build a program up, nobody really cares about cross country. They're they're more about the ball sports, you know, so make it your own, build it up and then see what happens and have fun with it. And I've given that I tell that to some younger coaches that are just starting out and they're small schools and they have four or five kids on our team. Well, coach those four or five guys that you got. You know, try to get them better from June till October. You know, get them to regional, build on that confidence. And then next year, get them to semi-state and then see what happens. You know, just keep on giving them confidence. Just, you know, make it your own.
4: So one thing I would I would say, you know, a couple of things actually, you know, with, you know, new or young coaches here in terms of trying to build a program, you know, one, get get young kids involved in running as much as possible. Um, you know, if you have a great, you're even good middle school coach, then piggyback off that and get have, have him and you jump in and, and help, help them get kids out and kids running, um, everything else. Um, one thing we do at our school that a lot of our neighboring schools are doing now um, is, is we do a running camp every summer um, for grades one through eight um, just to get kids out. And, you know, and the fun thing is, especially for grades like one through five, the, is if it's got the word camp in it, they'll, they'll come out. All right. It doesn't matter if it's distance running or not. Um, so you, so you can get kids out and um, you can get a buy-in at some level, even, even at a young age and, you know, and you know, help build some things um, in terms of, you know, trying to get the older ones you have now, if you're a new coach. Um, just figuring out, you know, where, where's those opportunities where you can, you can talk to a kid and, and get a kid involved. And, you know, even stuff like, you know, like we're going into track season this spring, you know, trying to figure out this track season, who you can try out at middle distance for that, just in case they might have a, you know, little inkling to run distance in the fall. Um, You know, what, what you can to, you know, plant a seed to maybe, you know, get, get a kid or kids out you know, moving forward here. Um, So all those, you know, if you're a new coach, you know, I would advise to look into to kind of get kids out. Um, Also, just from a general standpoint, if you're a new coach, ask questions to other coaches all the time um, and talk at meets and everything, establish dialogues. One of the biggest things that was probably frustrating to me the most this season about the possible tournament changes was like, I felt like I was giving a TED talk every meet to half the coaches at some of the meets we were going to, they had no idea that semi state was going away. And I mean, and this wasn't even brand new coaches, but coaches who've been there two, three, four years. Um, you know, be be part of the conversation. Um, you know, at different meets, you know, keep dialogue with other coaches here. Uh, make sure that you know you're getting entrenched in your program and know what's going on, not only at a local but a state level. Um, you know, with, with changes here. And, you know, that's only going to help your, your program grow in the long run too, as more involved as, you know, you are in it, the better.
2: I would say the key is just enthusiasm in general. Um, Be as positive as you can, Um, get those kids feeling good about running and then turn them loose on recruiting. They're your biggest recruiters. They can get their friends. They can get people on the fence. If They can tell their friends, hey, man, we're, have, we're having fun here. We're, we're successful. Um, we're going in the right direction. I mean, they can get those guys. And if you as a coach are enthusiastic and positive, especially with the younger kids um, in the program, um, I think the trajectory will only get better as you keep going.
1: I think that's all. Those are all great things. I mean, I think I'll so much talk about the energy, the enthusiasm uh, using those kids. I, I think to add into Coach Evans there, I think you've got to find a way. I think so many times when people ask me about the success we've had at Oak Hill, and I, I feel like I always tell them one of the biggest thing is parent involvement. And, and we have great parents that that are willing to um you know buy-in to getting their kids places and getting them the right running shoes and taking them different locations during the summer and doing those things and so i think i know that's that's easy to do now that we have a program established but i think parents getting parents to see that a their kid's going to get a chance to compete that they're not going to sit the bench uh even with putting in all the hard work uh getting them to understand there's very much a family atmosphere and doing those things like team meals uh, doing those things like going on a summer camp, um, you know, trying to get the upperclassmen involved. You know, we had a very kind of um, inexperienced and on the fence freshman group of girls this year, and so I, you know, I only had two seniors in our entire program. But went to the two senior girls and said, "Look, we need to do everything we can to include these girls immediately, as soon as the calendar hits June." Uh, so, you know, I hate to say you got to get your hook in them. But I feel like once we have a kid in our program, they're not going to leave. Uh, but getting them there is a big task. You know, you, I, We use it for other skills. You know, I sell track to kids based on the fact that it's a very short season. The practices are very short. You get to be outside. We don't have a lot of Saturday meets in track. Uh, and you get to better your other skills. I mean, last year, like I said, we had 90 some kids out. And over 70 of them were in a winter sport. So most of the kids, we didn't get out until you know march or april and we're just trying to get them to be better for soccer be better for football you know for cross country talk them in hey this will make you better in basketball this will help you reach an ideal weight for wrestling like how can this make you better elsewhere and they normally if they're competitive i think like coach evans said earlier about just wanting competitive athletes you know we don't have I think we all would agree. We probably all have one or two good distance runners, and everybody else on our roster is probably just a really good athlete that's a competitive kid that we find a way to kind of turn into a good high school cross country runner. Um, and I hate, you know, I don't mean to be a jerk when people ask me sometimes, but you got to have some luck. Uh, you've got to find a way to kind of stri- have a lightning strike or have, you know, strike, you know, hit gold with your program because there's a lot of really good coaches I know that have been at small schools. That burn out after a couple of years because the numbers aren't there the kids just aren't taken to it and you see that they're doing a good job and you just wish the school would understand that as well um, and, and i think all of us probably at some point were fortunate enough that we had a good enough team or a good enough individual where it grabbed on to other people where it looked fun it looked successful it looked like hey i can do that and i think you got to work hard to make that happen. But sometimes, you know, as my old high school coach, Bill Green used to say in basketball, you sometimes you got to rather be lucky than good. And I think sometimes that goes a long way. I was very fortunate when I started to kind of inherit an amazing group of guys that two years later were at the state finals. And I think we've snowballed since then. I don't know where I would be if a year or two into coaching, I had five kids out and they were in high top tennis shoes and they couldn't run more than three or four miles and they're walking at practice. I'd probably be selling insurance. So, um, you know, I think it's an element of get that enthusiasm going, make it as fun as you can make running, um, tell them it's okay to not love it. Right. Like you gotta, you know, love the process, love getting better, love working hard, love competing, have fun and winning or finding success and just getting better. Like coach Evans said earlier, you know, just finding a way to not put too much pressure on them. Um, and like I said, get those parents involved and have them do things to help you. Cause that'll, they'll talk to other parents, they will post stuff and hopefully that helps numbers grow.
0: Hmm. I, I don't know how much I love this question, but take it, take it whichever direction you want to take it. Um, but how can like the Indiana distance running community as a whole, uh, like best support small school distance running?
3: know we talked about earlier uh you know coach Bruner talked about it like just on a statewide scale uh have a meet specifically for small schools that you know so the south and the north can come together on the same course on the same day to see how they stack up against each other you know i live in a community uh in vincennes where we have a huge amount of support for our cross country programs middle school and high school i'm very very fortunate um, our South mountains does an excellent job of supporting our cross country teams, but, you know, you know, and the Indiana, of course, Indiana goes, let's, let's have a, let's have a little like meet of champions as far as small school goes, let's meet up on the same day from the North and the South and meet up and see what happens. That'd be pretty cool. I think.
2: <clears throat> I think what we're doing now is a good start for that. Uh, and I think more things like this, where just the word can get out. Oh, uh, about small schools and get the small school coaches together more, more of a community. Um, and I think that would help small schools in general, but I like that. I meet idea a lot. I think that's really, really good idea.
3: Well, we, we, uh, we, we kind of have a, we kind of have an extra meet, maybe next, we, uh, next week an uh, extra week next year, next year, you know, from, from when the, the original sectional could be, you know, because we, we, we have conference in sectional, then regional semi stage So take the sectional out. We have an open weekend so let's go let's go race you know
4: yeah so to go off kind of you know what what you guys are saying you know i think discussions like this and forums like this is good for uh you know small schools in general here you know i i, I would love if we, we had a kind of a more of a, a an official standing um whether it's you know something through the uh the coaches association or or whatever else, just, you know, some so, something kind of dedicated just to, you know, small school running, just because I, th- I think there is a big need for that um, in the state, regardless if, you know, cross gets classed or not. Um, I, I think, you know, small schools do need a voice and um, do need a lot better dialogue than currently exists to kind of, you know, help help a lot of these struggling programs. And then also, you know, e- even programs that are, doing well, kind of putting them on, you know, some, some common footing um, with things, um, whether it's, you know, with, you know, kind of figuring out more ideal scheduling that, you know, you alluded to of finding a a small school, you know, you know, all state caliber meet or, or whatever else is here. um, You know, if, if there's better structure then that, it's a lot easier to, to make stuff like that, you know, happen.
1: I think just to piggyback off of everything else we've said today, you know, and to quote what the coaches has just said, you know, again, conversations like this, uh, getting to have a voice, um, you know, just being part of the conversation and being at the table really, um, you know, whether it be putting together surveys or, or putting together names on a list. Um, you know, I, I just think ultimately to me, I, I'm not saying that I feel like, small schools get disrespected but I do feel like at times there's not a an appreciation or understanding that they're doing they're doing the same stuff as everybody else they're trying right we're getting we're trying to get the kids out that we can we're we're grinding we're working during the summer you know it's like you go to a clinic and a big school coach will say well there's no magic pill we're all kind of doing the same thing you're right Um, and just an understanding that you know the struggles that you may have at one place you don't have at another but you have completely different ones i understand what the struggle would be at a big school in terms of numbers and heck just knowing everybody's name right and getting kids opportunities and finding enough meets for 90 or 100 kids that run cross-country but i think also that same on the opposite end having an understanding that hey um you know, having three or four athletes that are, that are in a good spot and then having no depth at all would be pretty tough, or that these kids are working hard and that these coaches know what they're doing and they're trying just as hard, and that we have different goals. You know, every year I talk to our kids about, you know, we'll sit there and make it to semi state and give a golf clap. And I want to say maybe last year, I think it was Northfield's girls, heck, it might have been maybe this year at this point, they made it out of sectional and just erupted. And I and I think, you know, finding a way to, you know, not saying that people laughed at that, but for people to understand that we all have different goals and we all have different levels that we're trying to get to. And like someone of us, so much of us have said, the semi-state was kind of, the you know, the state is the pinnacle, pinnacle, pinnacle as a team. Like if you get there as a small school team, all, you know, all the respect to anybody on here that's had a team get there from the, you know, Morgan Township girls this year, their boys last year, like, You know, phenomenal stuff, but the semi-state is kind of where we're all trying to get to um, and and kind of make noise and be competitive and be respectable there. So I think just a better understanding and and an appreciation is probably the word I've been looking for to sum all that up for the work that our kids are doing, the work that our coaches are doing, and the struggle that they do have when they're really not playing on an even playing field, not only when it comes to who they're competing against, but also in terms of expectations. With, within their community, within their school, not saying anyone's looking down upon them or doing it on purpose, but it's just a lack of knowledge. It's just a lack of knowing what we're really competing against and how good some of these kids are and how great our state is as a whole is in cross country.
0: Hmm. So we've, uh, we've covered a lot over this discussion. And as we wrap up, is there anything else you guys wanted to, uh, I guess, point out in this uh in this area or is there anything else just generally that you want to share with our audience before we we head out
3: like you got any ideas on like injury prevention you know it's, it's like i i hit on a little bit earlier uh being at a small school uh you're one at you're one injury away from having a great season for your school or a good season uh keeping kids healthy um you know or You know, we live in a rural, another topic would be like a, we live in a very rural setting and we have kids that are on the bus in the mornings for an hour, hour and 15 minutes. And then, you know, in the summertime in June and July, we have kids coming from a 35, 40 minute drive that's still in our district to get to summer runnings. Uh, Does anybody have any, any thoughts or ideas on, you know, travel time, distance time, getting kids together in the summer or injury prevention at a small school just to keep everybody healthy?
1: i think just from an injury standpoint i i think we're spoiled i don't I don't know if i can talk to to speak to what all of you guys have at your schools but you know we we've had a ever since i've been there we've had a, a paid professional athletic trainer that's in our building at all times during the day uh, we have an amazing training room um, you know our trainer at this point is affiliated with ops um, they're paid to be on site you know that helps immensely but i, I think a lot of it comes down to you know, from my perspective, it's it's just watching those mileage and, and, you know, it sounds so crazy in this day and age, but getting those kids to the right running stores to get the right shoes and getting them to understand it's a broken record. I'm sure we've all said it, but, you know, your kids have to buy one piece of equipment. I could give a darn about their watch. You need a good pair of running shoes and yet how many kids we all have that still show up in something that I probably want to put on the mow the grass and they're going to try to do 35 miles in a week. So I think for us, it's it's taking advantage of the trainer. It's, you know, we now have a strength conditioning coach, which I know a lot of schools do not, um, taking advantage of the weight room and then putting ourselves in a situation where whatever equipment you do have that you have spent good money or you've spent time researching that and you get what the kid needs to be healthy and to stay safe. And kind of like, I don't know where you run coach. I mean, we're, we're in a little bit of a rural area as well. Um, You know, we have a pretty good amount of grass on our campus that keeps dwindling away with more and more construction, which is a good thing because we have great sports facilities, but you know, I I feel like I'm I'm still a guy that's scared of pavement a lot. And if we can get on grass as much as we can or, or dirt roads or trails,
3: but I also know that that's not always an option. You know, we have, yeah, we're on, we're on, we we do a lot of road, a lot of grass. We we host a sectional. We have a big invite, so our, our campus is. Uh, we have a one point five mile loop on our on our campus, so we do a lot of a lot of grass work uh, a couple of days a week, and we hit the roads a couple days a week. so We try to even it out, uh, and that and I think that helps with not so much pounding on the pavement as far as pounding on the grass. Yep. Uh, we do have an athletic trainer that comes a couple days a week, Tuesdays and Thursdays. She's uh, really really good. She helps with the, she she helps with like injury prevention and getting our athletes healthy healthy on race day. Uh, another topic would like does anybody share athletes with uh, fall sports? Like like
4: uh, how's that work for you guys? So on our end, so this year I had one boy that ran and played soccer. I had one girl that ran and played soccer. Then I had another girl that ran and played volleyball, which out of the three the, the the volleyball situation was uh by far the most difficult uh just just too many games and really difficult for her to kind of keep her mileage up and she, she was brand new to running this year so we, we kind of went with it the, the best we could um soccer by far in a way is easier uh, for us to manage um you know our one boy um you could definitely tell the difference once soccer ended and his cross country time dropped rapidly. Um, he was our, our sixth boy pretty much all season running mid eighteens or so. Um, they lost first round of the sectional this year. Um, so he got to run with us that last three weeks and his time went from the mid eighteens to the mid seventeens, uh, those three weeks just running with us every day and everything else. Um, and that's not that he wasn't working hard and everything before, but man, man, it's, it's tough. And, um, you know, the, the ones that we've had that, that do both, they, they need to be really good athletes um, yeah. to, to be able to do it well. And, and if they're not, it they're, they're going to struggle and in all likelihood going to struggle in both sports. Um, so that's a that's a dance that we do. Um, it's not my favorite dance, but, but a necessary thing at small schools. You have to.
2: Yeah, we share, I've had soccer guys in the past but not in the last couple of years um, for whatever reason. We, we would share if, if, if it came to it and they'd have to decide which one's their major, which one's their minor, and then how they would allocate practices and things like that. Um, so as a small school, we all have to share athletes all the time because um, we're all trying to get the same ones. Mm-hmm. To answer your question about the strength or the uh, injury prevention, um, I think strength is the best way. To prevent it so we do a lot of stuff in the weight room throughout the summer just to prevent those muscles from um, getting weak and then potentially getting in, injured and I don't know if you've ever tried uh, isometric ban- resistance band exercises where they have to hold a certain position with resistance bands but we do a lot of that for hip stuff and like hip flexor injuries glute injuries stuff like that has that has gone away entirely from us doing those like a couple times a week for like 15 minutes. So I don't know if that's something you want to look into, but it's worked for me.
4: Uh, To go off that, I know, you know, for us, we're a school, we we don't have a trainer at all. We we have one on retainer that shows up when ball sports have games, um, you know, on given day. So we can see see him, you know, those days, but, you know, to, to go off bands, we've been doing that with our girls the last few years. Um, that that seems to make a big difference with them, um, especially you know I've I've learned over the years you know even though we don't have a trainer you know my my classrooms turning into an athletic training office um, it seems like where you know we we got bands we we got you know rollers we got massage guns um, I even you know we even went out and bought a Norma tech just for um, our runners this fall, just to kind of help with the injury prevention game, just because, you know, your, your margin of error is so narrow with these guys where, you know, you, you only got so many that can actually go and compete and, you know, run, run at, you know, fairly high levels and, you know, we, we, you know, keeping them healthy is paramount. And, you know, we, we have two or three practices a week where w- when we're done with practice, we're not really done. It's, all right, go do your injury prevention stuff, whatever it is. Um, I usually open it, especially for the the older ones, on kind of what their preference is. You know, after time, they kind of get a feel of, you know, are they a rollout person? Are they a band person? You know, are they a leg drain person? You know, what what, what do they need to do to kind of help their recovery and that sort of thing? So, you know, I, I give them, you know, freshmen don't get freedom, but you know as they get a little older and get, get a sense of things then you know we you know we kind of let them guide themselves a little bit
0: cool um is there anything else anyone has or any other questions you guys have for each other has it been good so far
3: you got. you guys want to do a panel at the at the conference <laughs> <laughs> Uh, us, 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 four or five guys. we gonna do a panel at the conference to so take a slot up.
1: I'm game, man. Especially after we probably all get eaten alive on Indiana Runner after this. So we. Can, <laughs> uh, I agree. We yeah. can we can <laughs> let them put faces to the voices, and they can come, you know, yell at us from
4: there. So. <laughs> right. I'm good too. Just don't make it like first thing Saturday morning or something like that. Let's, let's get a decent time slot. So we, for a Friday afternoon or something.
1: If it gets me out of school, I'm all for it. Saturday, man, I'm busy. I
3: think yeah. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm a Thursday night, Friday guy at the clinic. Call <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, to- me in. that will be fun. Yep. Yeah.
3: I'm 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 kind of I'm kind of being serious. <laughs> I'm I'm.
2: Oh yeah, I think it'd be I think it'd be job. good. I think it'd be okay. really good.
3: All right, I'll email you guys here uh, in the next couple of days, and we'll we'll get set and set something set up. Cool, that's cool. Perfect. I awesome. can sit here. And talk to you guys, I can sit here and talk to you guys all night. <laughs> you know, that's cool.
0: I know we've been going for over two hours. That's that's crazy.
3: Right, it's nine. It's nine thirty, man. Yeah, where I'm at.
0: Cool. Do uh, you guys have anything else before we uh, before we wrap it up?
4: Thanks for okay. having us. Yes, yeah, I just appreciate it. Yeah, it's been great. It's
2: been yeah, it's I just, we, I I'm, I'm glad out. to learn. Yeah, I'm glad to get, learn from you guys.
3: I hope we get the word out for small school, and we're and we're advocating for for small school success. And you know, no matter how big of a school we coach at, we 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 still have our athletes in in our mind and in, in our hearts. So that's yeah. awesome.
0: Yeah, I really appreciate you guys doing this. Uh, I think it went. Like far better. I don't know what I expected out of the conversation, especially with five people on a Zoom. I didn't know how it'd go, but yeah, this is better than I than I could could have even expected. So I appreciate you guys taking the time.
3: Thanks for having us, Josh. Yep. Thank Josh, you. I, I, I'm sorry for for not knowing your first question about the best sandwich chain. I thought Arby's and Wendy's was. Sorry. Yeah. I, I mean, I guess I... a
0: sandwich is a sandwich. I don't know. I should have specified a sub sandwich, but yeah. <laughs> That was a funny answer, though. <laughs> cool. Uh, well, you guys have a good night. And to all of Thanks. our listeners, uh, we'll see you next time. See you
4: guys.